0: We are going to talk about surrendering. And I have heard it a thousand times. I'm like, Lord, there's nothing like going before me. <laughs> right. But uh, last Monday while I was praying and, you know, uh, I was sitting in my office and I was praying early in the morning and I, you know, I want more of God. You're sitting here because you want more of God. You could be sitting on the beach. You could be sitting having brunch, but you came because you want more of God. We come together to pursue the heart of God. So I'm sitting there and I'm telling the Lord, I want more. Sunday was awesome. Sunday night was awesome. Monday morning when I woke up was awesome, but I want more. I don't have enough of you. I want more of you. And I had a whole list of things. I always give him a list that he can work from. Uh, I'm a little bit like (laughs) B. What do you want? Oh, I got a list, Lord. But what would you like to give me? But I told him I want to connect deeper with you. I want to know your heart Better. I want to live from the word. When I read the word, I want to live out of what I've read. I, I, I want to silence the winds and the waters. Yes. Jesus said that he went and he did deliverance and he cured diseases. And then on the third day, he gave his life. You know, he said, as he went through the preparation to give everything, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he released the kingdom, the kingdom is his hand. Pulled away and went and spent time alone with the Father. I want to learn how to live from the Word, so I'm giving God all of this, and um, and I said, what I really want is to be able to display who You are that lives in me to the outside world that I encounter. Yes. Right? We want to be the beacon for God, and I just kept hearing, "I surrender," and I'm like, okay, well, I surrender. I mean, you know, it's easy enough to say, you know, but what does that really mean? What are you trying to tell me, God? If you're telling me I surrender, I even looked up that old hymn that says, I surrender. Yep. Yep. That one. Um, I was like, yep. Got nothing from it. I need to know what you're trying to tell me. And uh, it's interesting because he was talking to me about surrender comes from choice. You can only surrender by choosing. And the choice isn't a one-time choice. It is an hourly, daily, moment, minute, breath choice that you make every day. And uh, in this surrendering by choosing each day, we have a greater ability to move into a spiritual oneness and live out of a supernatural realm with God. And he said, so that's the answer to all the questions you gave me. The continual choice in everything you do every day to surrender. So you know how God tests you when he tells you, when you get a revelation, there's a testing that comes with revelation because the only way to uh, sharpen that revelation is to have it trialed and tested. So I go to play tennis the other morning and I am just bent out of shape. Uh, as I tell uh, my kids, I was just meaner than a striped snake and everybody walking on the court. I'm like, mm yeah, this is probably not going to go well for anybody today. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm going, why am I so grouchy? I got up, I read my word, I, you know, did whatever I did. And, uh, and I'm looking across the courts cause we got four courts for playing, you know, and I was like, God, I choose not to be irritable. I choose not to let anybody bother me. I choose not to be difficult <laughs> 41 years, he, he, he has a realm of experience, <laughs> but you know, it's that thing that whatever reason uh, throws us off for that moment and you got to choose it out of your life. You've got to back it out. You, you're like, I can't do this. And so I just kept saying, as we're warming up and we're talking on this, God, I choose to be happy. I choose to love them. And, the, of course, the one person you don't want to play with says, oh, I'm going to get to play with you today. You're like, I love them. I love the way they play. But, you know, I know it sounds funny. But when you, of course, change the way you look at things it changes the way you react to things which changes how you align to things everything changes by choice whether good or bad and it's and we're in a season it is all about choice Um, So I'm going to, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. We are going to take a few minutes this morning. So you guys just take a breath. Uh, Deuteronomy 30 is where we're going to start, but I want to encourage us and spur us on. And we're going to do a declaration at the end because we are in such a tangible place with God right now. I mean, we heard all the testimonies, how tangible God is in our life, how, how it's just the, the very breath we turn around and he is breathing on us. He's done something for us. He's, he's moved in our family. Something's happened to rearrange the order where everything's going to work out. We are just in this almost uh, translucent place with God where it's touchable, he's tangible, he's all those things. And to stay in that place, it's about the daily choices that we make, the daily surrender to God, this is your day, and I'm going to live out of your day. Not out of mine, but I'm going to live out of your day. And whatever that looks like, then that's what it's going to be. So Deuteronomy 30, verse 11, and we're just going to read for a few minutes, and we're going to use a couple of illustrations, and then we'll be done. Uh, But it says, for this commandment, which I commanded you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is near you, right? The word is in us. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So whatever we have in front of us is not too hard for us because the spirit lives in us. The word lives in us. It is in our mouth. It is in our heart. So there is not. A struggle for us, yes, right. unless we engage in a struggle, right. right? Because it is the word that brings us the peace. Yeah. It says, See, I've set before you today, today, life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways. And to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live. Yeah. So there is, there is a, a, uh, a, a, uh, if then chasm right here. So he set before us life and death, good and, life and good, life and good, death and evil. That he's commanded us to love him, to walk in his ways and keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments. Then we will live and multiply. The Lord will bless you in the land which you go to possess. So what he's giving us is he has put within us the capacity to love him. So to love him is not too hard for us. It's not mysterious. We don't need someone to go get his love and bring it to us. When we surrender to Jesus, his love fills us. So it's already in us. It's just a matter of us learning how to live out of his love, right? So that we can be blessed, that every kingdom, territory he's given us, we will possess because we obey the commandments of the Lord. We follow his ways. We love him. We honor him. That is so we can possess everything he has for us, right? Sounds so easy, doesn't it? Uh (laughs) It does sound really easy. Let's move over to Luke 5, 3 through 8. The biggest challenge we have that we run into is replacing our old way of thinking with his only way of thinking. It's not a new way. It is the only way. Amen. You know, God's way is not new. It's just the only. It is the only. So Luke 5, 3 through 8. And I picked this scripture because it kept running through my head. And I'm like, Lord, I have preached on this. So why are we going to talk about this again? And um, he said, because I'm like, okay, that works for me. (laughs) Let's just start reading. I'll tell you what, what he was saying. Then he got into one of the boats. Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Now, Simon and them haven't even been called in to be their full disciples. You know, this is all still in the newness of who Jesus is and how he's working. And they've heard about him. So he pulls them out. And when, when he had stopped speaking, verse four, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And earlier in the story, it tells that Simon and them had already gone out and they hadn't caught anything. So they were done. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Here's the surrender. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, God, what is in front of me, I have already tried to conquer it. I have already tried to make my business make money. I have already tried to make my kids obey you. I have already tried to control the situation for my best outcome. I've already tried. But Peter says to him, I have already tried, but nonetheless, here is my surrender. At your word, Lord. At your word. At your word. I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both their boats. So, so that they began to sink. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees and said, depart from me for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him, no, oh, you did put that up there. Thank you. Astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken. And so were also, I mean, so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Now, why would Peter be afraid? From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. The second surrender. Let's see. Here's the possibility that my boats are so heavy that my nets are sinking my boats because there's so many fish. Imagine the amount of money that a fisherman can make when they've got so much fish that it's going to sink their boat. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. I'm about to ask you to do something that's going to require you to surrender something to choose. Are you going to choose me and be the fisher of men? Or are you going to choose your boating business and be the fisher of fish? You know, every time Peter went through this process with Jesus, he had to choose another level of surrender He had to surrender his business. He had to surrender what he thought his future would be in order to step in the destiny that Jesus had called him to. Think about his whole life. He had been trained to be a fisherman. And all that was out the window. But he did have a choice. He could have chosen... The fishing, but he chose Jesus. Jesus. There's one other scripture I want to look at, and it's out of John 6. And um, Jesus is talking to, he fed 5,000. I love this. I love this. I love that whole feeding 5,000, because I love the fact that um, the bread and the fish obeyed him and multiplied. <laughs> He just began breaking and they just kept, they just kept, there's just more and more and more. So he's talking, he fed them, healed them all, had extras left over. And then he begins to talk about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, Uh which is always a a popular subject, (laughs) especially among the Jews. So they are upset about what he said. In verse 60, he says, there were many disciples when they heard this said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Well, we just read that nothing is too hard. It's not mysterious, that the word is with us, it is in us. We just read that. So, what do we do when it's hard and we don't understand? We keep pressing in. Finding through the word, what else does he say about this? What else is he uh, unveiling in this? Jesus, if this is too hard for me to understand, we've all had things in the word that we haven't understood. Then we have to keep pressing in till, till Jesus takes us through the revelation of what that means. So he's saying, who can understand this? Verse 61 says, when Jesus knew in himself that the disciples complained about this, it's funny because you, when we first read it, you think they're just asking a question. But Jesus sees it as complaining about what he's saying. And he even said at one point, did this offend you? Yeah, this is the next verse. Does this offend you? Verse 62, what then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? And I'm sure they were like, What? <laughs> That wasn't even what you were talking about. You're talking about the the bread and the the blood and the, you know, that isn't even what you were talking about. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit. They are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. We just read in Acts 2 that, They chose to believe the word. This is part of the choosing. We got to choose to believe what Jesus says. It doesn't mean we understand it fully because we know that the revelation continues to unfold to us. The more we know Jesus, the more we pursue him, the more that is unfolded to us. So he continued. um, Yeah, I forgot where it was. Oh. Oh. Uh, Yes, that we have to choose to believe. That's where I was. Uh, There are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who would betray him. And he said to them, therefore, I have said to you that no one, no one can come to me unless it's been granted to him by my father. And it says that in John 17, Jesus says, I took care of those that you brought to me. I gave them eternal life. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? That point of decision, that point of surrender, that point of choice. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Where would we go? Where would we go? That was Peter's point of decision. Do I get caught up in what I don't understand and use that as an offense toward God because I can't figure it out in my mind and I haven't allowed my spirit to unfold it for me? So I pull back. God hasn't done X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to pull back. I don't really understand. His word says this, and I haven't seen that come alive, so I withdraw. Or do I choose to believe and surrender and let God unfold the way it will manifest in my life because we trust him for his very best, and his very best is literally his very best for us. And no one can give us the best like God can give us. He is so good to us. And his surprises are beyond anything we can understand. I want to read one more scripture. And it's one that I I heard from Chuck Pierce, Uh, Matt and Gina sent it to me after I was going through all this with God. uh, It's out of Ruth. Ruth. And it's Ruth three. And I just want to share what Matt, uh, what Chuck Pierce said. And I don't know if you guys follow Chuck Pierce at all, but uh, very strong anointed prophet. But he was talking about the season that we're in. And he talked about the season of choice. And I'm like, God, it is so awesome when you confirm something that you've been talking to me about and help me see a different dimension of it. So I just want to read this one little scripture. There's two verses, and then I'm going to read the part that Chuck Pierce shared because it's so powerful and it kind of sews it all up because we're all in the valley of decision right now. Every moment of every day, we have to choose. Am I going to be kind Am I going to wear the fruit of the spirit? Am I going to clothe myself in righteousness? Am I going to let people bother me? No. Say no. The answer to that is no. <laughs> but do they sometimes? Yes. But I got to choose to look beyond myself because that's my flesh that rises up. You can only let You can invite someone to bother you by how they're behaving because you aren't allowing the spirit to overcome the flesh that wants to react. Right. And we all we all know it. We all know it. That is not a new word, but it is a good word. It is a good word. Okay, Ruth. And we are going to uh, start in verse 3. So we understand that Ruth and Naomi have come from a time of famine. They've come back uh, home to where they belong. Naomi is the mother-in-law. Ruth is the Moabite who doesn't belong with them. But she is allowed to be a part because she has Naomi with her. And um, Naomi's decided it's time to get our act together. Let's figure out what the covenant of God has promised us. That's a word that we all need to grab a hold of. We need to figure out what the covenants promised us. Okay. Verse three, she tells Ruth, therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself and put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he's finished eating. The man is Boaz, the redeemer, the kinsman redeemer, and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. And she said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll do whatever. So this is the word, and this is what I want to read to you, and then we're going to do a declaration. Now, um, this is from Chuck Pierce, and he says, uh, this is what Naomi actually said. You're going to have to get a bath. Say, I might need need a bath today, Lord. You're going to have to clean up. In order to surrender, in order to choose, you've got to do these things. And you're going to have to get a new anointing. You're going to have to put on a new dress. You're going to have to clothe yourself in the righteousness of Christ. We're going to have to dress like we are called. We're going to have to dress like there's a future for us. I just said none of this is Chuck Pierce. There's a future for us that's going to take us to be cleaned up, Mm -hmm. put some oil on, Mm -hmm. clothe ourselves properly and lie down before our savior and let him determine where we're going. It says, now hear me. We're going to have to lay down at our futures feet. And that's what I thought was such a key word. And that's what it boils down to. And he, this is Chuck Pierce. He says, there was such an act of a new identity submitting to the future that she got the best of the region. She was divinely integrated into the best of God's plan from heaven. And it says, being divinely, oh, I I wrote this. Being divinely integrated means living at your maximum. Anointing in the kingdom calling. So it's time to surrender and choose God's best to clean ourselves up, to purify ourselves. To get in that holiness with God because he's called us holy because we're holy. He says, I'm holy, so that makes you holy. And to move in to this future anointing that he has for us. What is happening in this season cannot be managed without us being fully pressed in, fully surrendered, fully choosing what God has for us. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to ask us all to stand. Because really, the way when we do this, what's going to happen, and really, I understand that this is what I was getting at. I want to be more like Jesus, right? I want to be able to walk into a room and perceive what the father wants to do and then partner with the father to get that done. Cause that's exactly what Jesus did. He walked in, he saw what the father wanted to do and he released what he wanted to do in that moment. So that's what, that's where we're going. We, we have everything we need. It's not too hard for us. It's not mysterious. We have everything we need but it's a matter of surrender and choice. So we're going to make this declaration. You don't have to, uh, but understand that if we declare this thing, it will be established for us. So as we declare it, it will begin to occur in your life and you will be faced with choices over and over again, because you've declared something with God that he's going to act on your behalf. And so he's going to challenge you to take it. Right. Okay. Noah, are we ready? I think I can see. Okay. I surrender my motives, my propensities, my sins, and my woundings. I surrender my conforming of the word to my perspective and need. I invite the word to transform me. I invite the word to become my reality. I choose your holiness, your purity, your oneness. I choose your best Lord. Amen. 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 So, Father, I just thank you that we've agreed as one body to surrender. We've agreed as one to choose you. God, we've agreed that we want that pureness, that holiness, that oneness with you. And we want your best for our calling and our anointing. So, Lord, we just lay our future at your feet. And we thank you for all the testimonies that what you have done. We thank you, God, that you have poured out over and over abundantly, abundantly more than we could ever dream or imagine. God, we just praise and honor you because what we've declared will be activated in our lives as we go out the door today. And so we just honor you, Jesus, and thank you. Amen.